Praise the Lord. Good morning to everybody. Betty? Hallelujah. Good morning. morning. John, good morning. Good morning, Pastor Rick. Good morning, Kaylee. Kathy. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, morning, all of you that follow with us on uh, every morning at 9 o'clock from Athens, Georgia. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Sometimes on this journey, sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks what to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. My story isn't over, my story's just begun. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Failure won't define me. Cause that's what my father does. Lay your burdens down. Here in the Father's house, check your shame at the door. It ain't welcome anymore. You're in the Father's house. Arrival's not the end game. Arrival's not the end game. The The journey's where you are. You never wanted perfect. You just wanted my heart. The story isn't over. If the story isn't good. Failure's never final. When the father's in the room. Failure's never final. When the Prodigals come home, prodigals come home, the helpless find hope, and love is on the move when the father's in the room. Prison doors fling wide, the dead come to life, love is on the move when the father's in the room. Miracles take place. Cynical find faith Love is on the move When the Father's in the room Jericho walls are quaking Strongholds now are shaking Love is breaking through When the Father's in the room Love is breaking through When the Father's in the room Burn it down. Ooh, 
father's house Check your shame at the door Cause you ain't welcome anymore time together. Anybody? Just singing. Hallelujah. Drinking coffee and singing and praising the Lord. And uh, we just found out this old piano somewhere in the back room, so we brought it here. And, and John began to sing some songs. And uh, and before too long, we sort of got started here with this. And uh, and we enjoy being with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, we're going to uh, take a little time now to to share the word with you. 
So let me drink a little coffee. Uh, uh, one way you can contact us back is to sort of uh, just uh, find a way to uh, uh, find a way to uh, get in touch with us and give us a feedback on how is the sound, how is the lighting. Amen. Just a way to sort of uh, so we're not. Uh, we're not lost in here, amen? Uh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So here, here's, uh, here's the lesson this morning. We've been talking about a life in the prophetic. Meaning, prophesying here in the sense that we're talking is it's according to 1 Corinthians 14, 385, building and company. Meaning, Let's just make this a little more uh, uh, applicable here. Prophesying is a gift of the Holy Spirit. We've got to say this. I know you probably some of you are just uh, think that this is not something that America Church needs. But I tell you this. If anything you do in the name of yourself, you build yourself up. But if you build others... In the name of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, then it produces fruits. So it's a difference. Or you build your own self or you build the kingdom. And so, uh, uh, to better understand this prophetic revelation and how it operates is... Uh, is to see how the Old Testament brought this up to us. In the Old Testament, the seer was considered to be someone who primarily saw a visual. You know, Elijah saw the whirlwind, right? A hurricane coming. He saw something. And, of course, the seer is divided in two areas, uh, the Ra and the Chosa. Both operate in the prophetic realm, but in different areas. Ra means to see. The Chosa means to behold a vision. So in, in the Old Testament, you have the Ra and the Chosen, uh, which, which are two areas. Some people hear and see. Some people hear. Some people see. That's pretty much what it is. Now, as you begin to study this in the Scriptures, it begins to... Now, why, why is it so good to know this? Because, you know, I've, I, for instance, yesterday during the Bible study in the prayer time we had, I saw a vision of Mount Bethel parking lot filled with chairs and apart, six feet apart. I saw people with masks and at least six, eight, eight hundred people sitting down in the parking lights everywhere. In a stage outside, ministering to people and preaching every night. I saw that. I don't know what's going to happen if we're going to be inside or outside for rekindle the flame, but I can tell you, that was a vision I had from the Lord. Now, lunchtime, do we have a vision of sandwiches? Well, that's not a vision. That's just your imagination. 
You know, I can see a hamburger coming my way or a piece of pizza. But when it is of the Lord, it interrupts your thinking, interrupts your mental, and it causes you to sort of uh, get see things. And I saw, I saw, I saw the parking lot with eight hundred people. In First Samuel chapter nine, verse nine. First Samuel nine nine. Give you a little time to for you to find it. First Samuel nine nine. Where do you find Samuel? You find before Kings. Right. Find Kings and you found Samuel. Go 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 to Genesis. Right there. He says this formally in Israel, when a man inquired of the Lord, he used to say, Come, let us go up to the seer, for he is called a prophet, a Nabi. A prophet means Nabi. N A B I Y. Now was formally called a seer. Meaning that in the Old Testament, as Samuel began to uh, inquire of the Lord, when the men went to inquire of the Lord, he used to say, Come and let us go into the seer, for he's called a prophet. Now was formally called a seer. Meaning that evolves. In his spiritual life, you grow from one place to the other. Some see, some here. That's really what I'm trying to tell you. Now, all true seers are prophets, but not all prophets are seers. A prophet has a particular grace to hear and proclaim the gospel. A pastor can operate in the prophetic, but less likely to be a seer. Meaning that those that see, see. Those that, that hear, hear. And you have to respect that experience in the life of a believer that is having dreams and visions of the Lord. The church don't have any patience with that. We formally call those Pentecostals. Well, I tell you, don't offend the Holy Spirit of God. Don't offend God Himself in the way He communicates with His people. When you do that, you begin losing the game. So, uh, seers are filled with visionary ability to see. You know, there's a lady in the, uh, uh, here in, 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 uh, in Athens, and her name is Beverly Varnado, and she ministered to us here not too long ago. She has a vision. She has dreams. She has visions. She sees things. And it's a beautiful thing to... Uh, to listen to her because she's experiencing and she's telling what the Lord is trying to say to the church. It's a wonderful thing. Now, there are many prophets in the church, but few seers. Many prophets in the church. Prophets are people that divide themselves in three areas. First, you have prophets that uh, are formed in the womb. Do you remember when uh, Elizabeth came to, Mary came to Elizabeth 
and touched the womb of Elizabeth, and the little baby leaped in her womb, filled with the Holy Spirit. That was John the Baptist, the greatest prophet that ever lived. So, uh, 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 some people are born from Jeremiah, for instance, uh, said this, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed you, formed you in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest forth of the womb, I sanctify thee, and ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Now God is saying this in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. People in the womb are called to be prophets. Second, you're born to be a prophet. That's what I try to say. You're born to be a prophet. It's better, right? More clear. You're born to be a prophet. You're called in the womb. Now, the second type of a prophet is uh, that I called. For instance, Amos in chapter 7 of Amos, not a prophet, verse 14, says, Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdsman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. So, God calls. He comes in inside of your room and bang! It's done. And you can't do nothing about it. The call of God simply just closes all doors. And and you dare not to, to do nothing else. And then there are some that are foredained. Meaning, they're made prophets by the Lord. For instance, Elijah imparted upon Elisha. Moses imparted upon Joshua and Aaron. Impartation because of need. So the question is, can someone uh, of this day, 2000, 2020, lay hands on you uh, and, and impart prophetic ministry upon Yes, you can. Have I been part of that? Oh, I have. Not many times. And I, I don't remember the, the people, but I, I, I can tell you that Craig Green is one of them. So, as life progresses, you don't remember much. You know, I'm 76 years old. I don't remember nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking to the future. And my memory is just failing the past. I'm forgetting the, the, the subconscious, clearing it up. The only thing I remember is grandchildren. You know, I was talking to Betty about uh, a little girl called Amelia. Amelia. And Betty just loves that little girl who just talks to Betty and laughs and, and that. When you have eight of them, you know, you forget their names. You don't remember. <laughs> One thing I like about grandchildren when I see that red light going out of the driveway, you know. Thank you, Jesus. They are so, they are so, they are so, I mean, they run so fast. Amen. But, uh, I, 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 yes, you can impart upon someone a blessing to become a, a ministry. Now, question is this. Can you impart on someone to, to prophesy? Well, the Holy Spirit does that Himself and all by Himself, by, lo, by Him loans Himself. Because prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, are you listening to me here? Are you guys listening to me? I know that some of you that listen to me sort of, uh, you know, take a break because I'm too fast. Prophesying is a gift. Gift of the Holy Spirit. 
What do you mean by that? It's in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul says some are prophesied. Huh? It's 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. It says that prophecy is a vocal gift of the Holy Spirit. As tongues is a gift. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't knock tongues now. Don't, don't, knock, don't knock nothing of that list. There are nine gifts and nine fruits, and you've got to get to know them because there's power in there to personalize ministry. You see, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the... You know them by their fruits. So follow our ministry, follow me, and you'll find out that there's a lot of fruits. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm anybody special. It simply means that I believe the Word of God, and I follow the Word of God, and the Word of God produce fruits. That's about it. Ah, you don't, you don't agree with me, you don't like me, well, just follow me. Just look back in 50 years and you see a lot of young people calling to the ministry, a lot of young people prophesying, a lot of young people serving the Lord in missions and all over the world. Now, now, now that doesn't mean that somehow I'm very, very special and I don't, I don't have any pride on that because I don't do nothing. I'm just a mouth. But when the Lord speaks, this mouth will obey. So, Many that be in the church, but few seers. Sometimes, sometimes it's good to go to the choir and ask, anybody had a dream? Anybody had a vision? Uh, tell me what's going on. And I tell those old ladies, oh, I had a vision last night. I had a dream. And, and, and you pray for them and encourage them. And In other words, prophecy, prophesying, it, it, it needs to be encouraged. You know, you're then done. John, Jonathan's uh, done father came to minister to us. A mighty word on Barnabas. And one of the things he said that stuck to my uh, uh, ribs. <laughs> that's, that's southern, southern talk. Stuck to my ribs. One of the things that ministered to me was the fact that we need to encourage her. Encourage those who encourage others. We don't encourage. We put them down. I mean, I mean, I, I know people who simply just let me have it right on my face. I mean, I, I couldn't believe the, the ugliness of these so-called pastors. Oh, that's, that's Pentecostal. We, we are Methodist. My gosh almighty, look what you trusted in the Methodist church now splitting in two and, and breaking up all over the world and what a mess. Now, don't put your trust on a church. Put your trust on God. So, the latter, the movement, the latter rain movement that we're talking about in the church that brings this started with a man called David Shock in an area of deliverance in William Brenham. One was a prophet, Nabi. The other was a seer. And these two men brought revival in the latter rain movement in the in the in the, in the Methodist in the church in the United States that spread it throughout the world. Now, one scripture that explains the work 
of the seer is 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 when prophet Elisha uh, in Second Kings six fifteen to seventeen. You think you could find that? If you find down there, I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to read it. So Second Kings six fifteen sixteen seventeen three verses. All right. Now, come on, John. Put that camera on, brother. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he, meaning Elisha, answered, Fear not, for they who be with us are more than they who be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray you, open his eyes, that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Well, here's, here's the story, John. Uh, King Aram wanted to kill and put Elisha in jail. So he sent his army to Dothan, and they surrounded where Elisha lived. Little boy went to the window and saw the army surrounding this little shack. And he came to Elisha and said, Oh, Master, there's a mighty army outside, and we're, we're supper, we're done. And Elisha the prophet turned to the boy and said, uh, Look again. Great is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Say it. Great is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Great is he. That is in us, then greater than cover nineteen. Great is he that is in us, than he that is in the world. Great is he that is in us, than covered that is in the world. In other words, I don't fear anything. I respect, I understand, I do the six feet, I do the handshake, I do the elbow, I wash my hands, I put a mask, no problem. But now there's no fear here. There's no fear here. Because I know that my God supply my needs according to His riches and glory. My God watches over me. My God is with me. The angels of the Lord are with me. If I don't believe that, pack up and go. You've got to know who you are. Stop this idea that somehow you're going to die. You ain't going to die. You do all that you need to do to protect yourself and trust the Lord and move on. Don't worry about the mule going blind. Load the wagon. Now let's uh, let's uh, take a look at Psalm two nine ninety two ten. Uh, open your mouth, and I will fill it. The prophetic voice is identified in the life of the seer or the or the or the uh, the nabi. Uh, as the anointing. In other words, the gifts and the call are without repentance. What does that mean? Can somebody explain that to me? Is Betty down there with a microphone? Or John? Or Matt? Or Kathy? Or Kaylee? Yeah. So what does it mean? 
The gifts of the call are without repentance. So, Matt, just come on here with the microphone, son. And uh, there you are. You're coming in. Praise the Lord. Okay, that's go. There it goes. We're using two cameras now, okay? Go ahead. I think what I believe, when I read the Scripture, it means that the gifts and the call that God gives, He will never take them away. Yes. And they operate. Okay, John, you have another word down there, John? You don't have another word? The gifts and the call are without repentance. What does that mean? Just because you're without repentance, you're involved with something, or you are it up, huh? You say something, okay. Go ahead and turn that camera, Matt. Okay, so God's commitment to His faithfulness to you in terms of what your call is and the gifts that He's given you are not dependent upon our perfection. Okay? Yes. So we're imperfect people. We get it wrong, but that doesn't mean God is just going to withdraw His hand from us. Now listen to this. Number one. Go ahead, Betty. Okay, that's good. Yes. It's based on what Paul wrote in Romans 11, speaking about Israel, that Israel was disobedient to God. Israel was rebellious toward God. Yes. But that did not mean that God put them off. He says in um, Romans 11:29, for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable, meaning that his commitment to Israel as his chosen people would remain even though they were unfaithful to him. And so the same principle applies to us, his grafted in or adopted children. Amen. Amen. He called us, he won't uncall us. Amen. So the seal, the seal here is the anointing. How do you know when you have a prophetic voice and God is using to prophesy, 85, build and comfort? Have you been around Dino Cates? You can't help it but feel it. Have you been around Elizabeth Wolf? You can't help but feel it. When she comes in, when Elizabeth comes in and put his hand, her hand on your chest and go, mmm. Mm, 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 mm. She started doing that. <laughs> Something happened. You know, I was in Brazil with Elizabeth Wolf and another lady from 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 uh, uh, from Alabama. I don't remember her name now. Reynolds. Her last name was Reynolds. Uh, she was a big woman. I remember that. And I thought to myself, uh, you know, uh, I appreciate your Holy Spirit people, but I don't believe this thing about falling. Okay. And, and Mrs. Reynolds said, well, Rick, can I have the privilege of praying for you? You know, that southern draw. And she came by and said, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah. And touched I hit the ground. Boom. And I stayed there for an hour and couldn't get up. I'm talking about I passed out. I'll never again laugh or ridicule or... <laughs> that woman is anointed of God. I, 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 <laughs> now, I had that experience. Now, and I tell you, I was an intellectual uh, uh, frozen chosen. And I didn't believe these things. 
If you go to Brazil and you experience the experience in Brazil, it will do you in. You don't want to experience the presence of God, don't go to Brazil. But if you want to experience the presence of God, when the pandemic is over in Brazil, we're back in there and we're traveling all over Brazil. So number one, the anointing in the, in the person's life is overwhelming. It just, it just takes over. You don't know what to do. It's just, it's just like fire. Number two, the prophetic anointing does not move by itself. It's not something that you just decide and have the feeling. You know, I just feel that I want to do something. It's a revelation from God. I had a trip to Belizonte, and, uh, and when I got to, and I'm sorry, it's called the Tri- Mineiro, Triangle Mineiro. It's, a, it's a, a, a Minas, north of Minas in Brazil, state of Minas. And then I got on a car, and we drove with this pastor that had one eye for about three hours, hosed on the street, everywhere. Oh, it hurt my back. Then I slept behind the pulpit on a tent in the middle of the jungle and smoke everywhere, people eating animals, all kinds of things. And I preached three times. On the third night, the Lord asked me to do an invitation for salvation. And 80% came forward. On the way back, He gave me a bundle of Brazilian money. Half away, the engine went up and the oil hit the windshield. I gave him the money he gave me to fix his own car, and I started walking and got into a truck and came home. Now, the anointing of God was in that meeting because I preached close to two hours. It wasn't me not sleeping on the floor behind the pulpit, not smelling all kinds of smoke going through the woods. The Lord was there and saved a bunch. It wasn't me, it was the Lord. What I'm telling you, the anointing is the signal. Now, the prophetic does not move by itself. It wasn't me doing it. The Lord took over. God does not anoint projects. He anoints persons. Well, praise the Lord. I don't know how long I've been talking, but I need to stop because uh, the time has come. Amen? And tomorrow I have some more. Amen? I have some more. So, let's sit down here and, uh, and sing a song, John. And uh, I, I like to sing a song. We, we're playing the piano here. Uh, people ask me, Rick, do you play piano? Oh, yes. No question. Amen? I play the piano. I enjoy playing the piano. And uh, I, I don't have to tell you how much I know about the piano. But I can tell you that, uh, that I'm on the key of B. Amen? Huh? Okay. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. The splendor of a king clothed with majesty that all the earth rejoice that all the earth rejoice Go, John. Himself in life. 
trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. Called the the Hilton Hampton Hampton, 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 Hampton Inn. Inn. 
at Hammond Drive in Atlanta, Georgia, right there on uh, Han, Han, uh, Hampton Drive in, in 400. Yep. Right, right That's in the intersection. There's a, there's a Hampton Inn. Hampton Inn. Hampton Inn, yep. And we'll be there at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. The Lord bless you. Senhor, eu vejo o mundo triste, atribulado pela ação de Satanás. Clamando no escuro, correndo e para trás e eu o vejo de coração aberto para receber o pecador e eu oro estrela alva brilha em mim brilha a luz Chama o meu nome a qualquer. 